Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Jeff Dahl, Senior Pastor of Stockbridge Community Church. I want to say thank you for joining us online. It is our prayer that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our Sunday services at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., or 12 p.m. If you'd like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply click the Give Online link at the upper right-hand corner in your web browser. And let me say it again, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, good morning, everybody. It's so good to see you. We want to say thank you for all of you that come out and helped us yesterday with Pump It Up. It was a wonderful, wonderful day. Well, as Pastor Kevin said, today we're talking about how to be faithful when you're tempted to be unfaithful. And I think that many of us here, every one of us sitting here probably have gone through a season like that in our life. If not, you will. Uh, matter of fact, if you're not, if you haven't, you're not human uh, because we all go through trials and temptation. But before I get into that, I want to share with you about a guy whose name was uh, Alfred Nobel. He was actually born in, uh, or actually in 1888. He had a rare, uh, uh, something happened in his life that, that was just really weird. And that was this, is that he was able to read his obituary. Yeah, that uh, someone had got him confused with his brother. And they wrote an obituary about Alfred Nobel. And it simply said, that he was the merchant of death. And it stated that he, because of his invention of dynamite, that more people had been killed than any other time in history. And so after reading that about himself, he, he declared that the rest of his life would be to do good. And so he went from that point, and then uh, he used $9 million that he had amassed over his 300 inventions, and decided to take that money and try to use it for good. And he established the Nobel Peace Prize. So in 1895, and so because of this, like a near-death experience, it wasn't a near-death, but it was like a near-death experience because he got to read his obituary, it changed his life. And it's amazing in our life how that we have something like that that happens to us, how it can change us. And I want to talk to you today about three guys that are very popular in the Bible. It's a very popular story, and it is found in the book of Daniel, and it is about three Hebrew boys, their name is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who actually had a near-death experience. And as a result of this, they begin to see God's hand at work in their lives. And right now, I just want to say, whatever you're going through today, that God has brought you here for this moment to receive encouragement from His Word and strength from His Word. So today, if you just look on your program with me, I want to go ahead and give you Four things that I believe that when we're tempted to be unfaithful, that we can determine from this story is how to respond. So if you'd write this down, number one is to make a, per, a predetermined decision to follow God. A predetermined decision. Have you already made that decision? You see, if, if you wait till the heat comes on to make a decision to follow God, you'll always go the wrong way. It has to be a decision that is predetermined, that's already made. As we get into the story, you find these guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And if those of you that were raised in church, it's real easy for you right now to just sort of chime out because and tune out because you've heard it so many times before. But today, I'm telling you, I think God wants to speak to us as He's spoken to me this week through this story. 
For those of you that haven't heard the story, there's there was a guy, a king by the name of Nebuchadnezzar who actually had captured a bunch of Hebrews and Jews and he brought them into his captivity and, and these three guys happened to be pretty smart guys so he put them in charge of some things. But his, his, this king's pride just was, man, was, was off the chart. He, would, he actually had a statue erect, erected of himself over 90 feet tall and he made this decree that everybody in the kingdom should bow down to this statue. And so they got everybody out there all at one time. I mean, you talk about an ego problem. This guy had one. And so they got everybody out there, and the, the music began to play, you know, and, and everybody, the whole kingdom, everybody bowed down except for these three amigos, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They stood up. They wouldn't bow. And so when, when that happened, the people around them said, hey, look at, look at those guys over there. They're, they're not bowing. What's wrong with them? You know, the king gave the order. And so some of the king's officials who didn't like them anyways, they didn't like that these Jewish people were in, in charge of them. So they went immediately and talked to the king. And this is what they said. Look on your outline with me. In Daniel 3 and 12, but there are some Jews whom... You have set over the affairs of the providence of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, your majesty. See how they're saying that? They neither serve at your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up. And let me just say, as we, as we pause right there just a moment, it is the predetermined decisions. It's the predetermined decisions to stand with God no matter what, that gives you the power of God to not fold in times of testing. Because we are all tested to fold, aren't we? I mean, listen, you let everybody else do it, and that's what it was, all peer pressure, see? All, the whole king, everybody else is bowing, why don't you? And listen, if you don't stand for God, you will bow for what the world tells you to bow for. It's important to stand. The Bible goes a little bit further than this. In Psalms, Psalms, in Psalm number one, the first Psalm written, the psalmist says this. Look, it's on your outline. He says this. Blessed, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners stand, sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers. But notice this. Would you read what's underlined with me? Come on, let's read it out loud. But whose delight is in the law of the... The law of the Lord. Notice he said blessed. 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 And who meditate on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its, its fruit in season and whose leaves do not wither. Whatever they do does what? Prospers. Man, don't you want that to be the story of your life? The Bible says there's one thing to make that happen. And that is getting God's getting God inside of you, living for God, and getting in God's Word that God's Word can get inside of you. You see, when you get in God's Word, God's Word gets inside of you, and it builds your character. You see, in order to stand in this world, in this day, when everybody is telling us that we should bow... You know, that our morals, they do not matter. What God says is outdated. When everyone is telling us that we need to bow, if you're going to stand today in our culture today, you have to have God's Word in you because God's Word makes you stronger on the inside. 
then you're on the outside. And that's what it takes to stand. Standing like that. If you're a Christ follower today, I can tell you this. If God's word means something to you, if it really means something and you believe it, here's the good news. Your life is much simpler than everybody else that don't believe that. You know why? 80% of all your decisions are already made if you follow God's word. You know, are we going to cheat? Are we going to steal? Are we going to run around? Are we going to do all? No, 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 no. We're not doing it. Why? Because we're living by God's word. Why, why won't you go do this with us? Because God says, if I do that, it's going to be dangerous. It's going to hurt me. And it's, I'm not going to live under his blessings. And listen, God is more important to me than you. 80% of your decisions are already made. It simplifies your life. And that's why today, I, I want to give you the opportunity. Those of you that are sitting here, some of you come here today, and you know God's already been talking to you all week. He's been talking to you already. And you're ready just to make that move. So I want to give you an opportunity on your, on, in your program right here, there's a prayer. It's called the prayer to become a Christ follower. And I read this prayer every week. Why? Because someone every week makes this decision. Can I read it to you? Look what it says. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner. And I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Guide my life and help me to do your will. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now today, if you, if you said that and you meant it in your heart and you're like, I want to change my life, God knows if you meant it. By the way, listen, good people don't go to heaven. Loving people don't go to heaven. It's forgiven people that go to heaven. It's forgiven people. So today, that's what you're asking for. You're asking for God to forgive you and then lead you in a life that you will not offend Him. And listen, when you choose not to, to, when you choose not to offend God, you're usually going to offend the world. So you have to choose who you're going to offend. Am I going to offend God or am I going to offend the world? And we choose God because it leads to a better life. It leads to a life of character. It leads to a life of no regret. When I was a kid in kids' church, a long time ago, I used to ride the church bus to, to church, and they would sing this song. Now, if you, if you remember this song, you can just sort of raise your hand, all right? It's, it would sing something like this. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. Anybody? Okay, thank you. See, I'm glad you raised your hand real quick. I would have had to keep going. Then you, I see some of you like, man, I got to get out of here already, right? Yes, I know. And then, then it would go on and say, like a tree planted by the water, I shall not be moved. And that's what God's word gives you. It gives you the stability on the inside to say, listen, I can't help it what, what you think or what you believe, but I know what God says and I'm not moving from here. This is my foundation. This is what I'm going to build my life on because he's my God. Amen? Amen. Number two, surround yourself with people of like faith. As we go back into this story, there is something that I want you to notice that I've never noticed before. And I probably have read this story a hundred times at least hundred times. Probably done at least 50 sermons on it through the years, so I've read it a thousand times probably. But what I want you to notice is there's something that happens here that I've never noticed before, and it's called the we factor. The we factor is this. The we factor is, is that we is stronger than me. Did you hear that? The we factor. We is stronger than me. 
As I begin to read this passage, and I'm going to read it just in a moment, and you notice how many times they say we. When they, these three boys, now they're brought before the king because somebody's ratted them out. They're brought before the king, and the king says, okay, now, listen, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I like you guys, you know, I want you to do better now. Listen, now, I want you to just go back out there, and we're going to do this music all over again, and then I want you to just bow down, and it'll be okay. Everything's good. But because they had God in them, and they had morals, and they had values, and they had convictions, this is what they said. The we factor begins to come into play. Look what it says. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know. <laughs> I like that, don't you? We want you to know, brother. We're together. We want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. We're not going to do it. We, we three are together. Listen, we come in this thing together. We, if it means dying together, we're going to die together. But we are not going to do it. Now, here's what I want you to know. If it had just been Shadrach standing there before the king, he'd be like, okay, king. Because we is stronger than me, right? If it would have been Abednego, he probably would have said, hey, I'm, I, I'll do it. If it would have been, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who did I leave out? Shadrach, Meshach. You know, when, when we're all by ourselves and everything's coming against us, when we're by ourselves, it's very difficult to stand. But when we're together, when we're with people of like faith and we join arm in arm, listen, we will face a mighty army and our faith grows even if, if there's only three of us and there's a million of them. That's what the story was. We, we factor is that we are stronger than me. We are stronger than me. The Bible says it this way. In Ecclesiastes 4, two are better than how many? One. Because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to what? Help him up. You can't stand alone. You just cannot stand alone. Look at verse 12. The one may overpower, two can defend, and three, and a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. You, you, it's, it's the we deal. In other words, I need people in my life who have like faith. I cannot stand, I will not be able to live in this world and not fall without some strong people of like faith in my life. You see, who, who, who knows that day? Who knows? The, was it Shadrach that said, no, boys, we're not going. Maybe they had a conversation among themselves, and, and two of them were a little iffy. And one of them said, no, we made a decision that we got to stand. And the other two said, okay. You know, who knows? In your group of people that are like faith, maybe it's your time that you say, no, we got to stand. And then another time when you're feeling weak, it's somebody else that says, no, you got to stand. We need someone to say, we can do this and God will see us through. We need that in our lives. You see, difficult times are coming. They will come. And when difficult times come... If you don't have someone standing around you to help you in like faith, you will fall. You just will. The odds are against us. 
I love what the Scripture says. It's not in your outline. But if one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand. I love God's math, don't you? I, love, I think that's what these boys must have been rehearsing in their mind. And the Hebrew writer picks it up in the Scriptures on your outline. Hebrews 10, he tells us in the New Testament, he says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Would you read out loud what's underlined with me? Now read it like you're giving the message. Ready? One, two, three. Not giving up meeting together. We can't give that up. As some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. What day is he talking about? He was saying there is going to be a day that all these signs that Revelation talks about, you know, all, these, all this stuff that Jesus talked about, these earthquakes and all this stuff is going to begin to happen. And, and there's going to be the ability of a one world ruler and they're going to be able to know where you are at all times. And, and so as you see that day approaching, you need to be ready and you need to have more fellowship together. And listen, little did they know when we would be in 2015 that that day is here. You know, in the, in the Bible, they talk about, I don't want to scare anybody, but, you know, it talks about having the mark of the beast and how they'll be able to track you. I remember in the 70s, the preachers coming to my church and scaring me to death. That little kid, they used to talk about, oh, that Antichrist is coming. You don't want to take that mark of the beast. And I'll be, I'm like, man, oh, I'm scared to death. You know, Jesus is coming. I'm going to get left here and have to take the mark. Talking about tracking, that was impossible. But now, how many of you have a smartphone? Anybody besides me? Do you know what? You're being tracked. You understand? That, that's why even if you have email, you're being tracked. It was amazing to me. I'm on Twitter now. Oh, man, that's pretty cool. I like that. You know, I'm cool. I'm getting I'm hip. I'm with Twitter. And I went on Twitter, and I was trying to find, you know, I need to just see some friends here. And it's amazing. As soon as I hit search for friends, it pulled up all the people that I know. I'm like, how did you know, how did you know who I know? How, how, did, it, how, did, how did that happen? Because someone's tracking me. Someone knows they send me advertisements on things I actually like. I wonder how I keep getting those hair loss commercials on my email. But <laughs> Man, as we see that day coming and we know that it's coming, it's something we shouldn't be afraid of. It's something we should embrace. But he said you need people. And that's why here at SEC, we do connect groups. I have a list of those. Would you pull those out? It's right there inside of your program. We have a financial peace connect group. We have a, we have a writing group. We have a family group. We have a marriage group. We have every group in here. There is no reason for you to go through life alone. Listen, what, would you look at me just a second? One of these days, we're going to be in heaven. And you're going to come up to me, and you're going to say, Pastor Jeff, every time you say connect group to that church, I say, here he goes again. Here he goes again. But you're going to say to me, one day I took your word on that, and I joined a group, and it changed my life. And to be honest with you, I went through a storm, Pastor Jeff, and I don't know that I would have made it had I not had those people around me, those people of like faith around me. And I want to say thank you. So right now, I just want to go ahead and tell you, right, before we get to heaven, you're welcome. You're welcome. That's right. That's why I don't shut up about it. Because, listen, I wish that, to God that I could have every one of you in my living room every week and we could have fellowship together. But I can't do that. 
So that's why I give you these groups. So I ask you right now, just go ahead and look at that sheet, make a decision, and sign up for a group. Do it for yourself, because you deserve it. You deserve a friend. You deserve people like faith. Would you do that? Number three. Trust God to show up in the fiery furnace. We go back into the story. The king's ticked. He brings those boys in. He says, all right, now boys, listen, I'm going to give you one more chance. Here we go. I like you boys a lot. One more chance. You can stand here in front of me. You know, and you can bow, and then and it'll be all right. And you just heard him. We will not. Now, he's like, all right, well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to show you who's boss. Right over here, there's a big hole over here, and there's a lot of debris in it. And I'm going to tell these guys to start that fire. It's a furnace over here that we usually burn dead animals in. But today, I want you to know, we're going to stoke that up. And if you boys to say you don't want to bow, we're going to throw your little hides right in that, that fire right there. Do you want to burn up? Because if you don't bow, you're going to burn. And so he threatened them. And so they said, no. He said, all right, men, stoke that fire seven times hotter. Make it hotter than you, you ever have. And look what happens. The king's command was so urgent, he was mad. And the furnace so hot, that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Now notice this. Then King Nebuchadnezzar, who's looking on because he's saying, I want to watch every hair on their body singe. I want to watch every piece of skin burn up. I want to watch every bone be decayed in fire. Because these boys have defied me. I want to show them that I'm the king. So he said, I want to watch them die. So he stood up. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, were there three men that were tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. He said, look, look, I see four men walking around in the fire unbound would you circle that word unbound unbound and unharmed and the fourth looks like a son of the gods there's two things that you need to remember that when you're in the fire because listen life has a way for us of going in the fire things come our way we walk through the fire of difficulty but there's two things that you need to remember one is this is that god is always present in the fire did you hear that? Listen, I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know what life has brought your way. I don't know what's come your way. But you walk, if you feel like you're walking in the fire, you may feel like you're all alone and that nobody cares and that nobody knows. But I'm telling you, the same God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that was with them in the fire is walking with you right now. Maybe you can't see him, but I'm telling you, God shows up in the fire. He's in the fire. The other thing I want you to know is this, is that not only is God in the fire, but God is at work in the fire. 
You see, they went in. They had those metal chains on them. They were all bound up. They was, the king was going to watch them die. But when they went into the fire, they didn't burn up. The, the fire that was meant to burn them up actually burned the things off of them that was confining them and binding them up. <laughs> Amen? Amen. Let's give God a hand for that. Amen. Watch this. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, they went in all bound up. You know what they went bound up in? The peer pressure because the crowd said, you're no good. We don't like you. We don't like you Jews anyway. We want you to die. They had all this fear of the crowd. They had all this insecurity of everybody that was around them. And they walked into that fire very insecure, very afraid, and doubts that God would actually see them through. But when they went into the fire and they come out of the fire, no longer were they bound up physically anymore, but spiritually they went bound either because they weren't insecure when they come out. They weren't afraid when they come out. And when they come out, they were standing and saying that our God is the God. Our God is the God. Amen. Oh, no, 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 no. No, before they was like, oh, God, where you at? Oh, God, where you at? Oh, God, we're about to go in the fire. We're about to go. God, we're going in. We're going in. Oh, but then they come out. Oh, yes, baby. He's a man. Oh, yes, he is. Don't make me break it down any more than that. I think that hurt my hip, by the way. You see what I'm talking about? God is at work in the fire. He's at work in the fire in your life and in my life. You see, what happened when their life was this is that when they come out of the fire, they came out with a new perspective about God, of who God was, and they come out with a new perspective of who God is in their life. He's all-powerful. Oh, just one more thing for you. You don't know nothing until you've been through something. You see, you don't know that God is all you need until God's all you got. Anybody ever been through the fire besides me? Let me see your hand. You've been through the fire, right? When you've been through the fire, you know. This is no longer just a, a wish book. This is no longer just a good story. But, but when you've been through the fire and you've come through that, you know there's a God and you know that your God is the God. There is no other God. He's the God and that He's all-powerful. You know that you know. And when you come out of the fire, you're not the same person that went into the fire, are you? Mm-mm, mm-mm, no, you're not. Because that storm changed you. It made you a better person. It made you stronger than you've ever been before. They, they looked at you before. You was weak and insecure before. You was shy and backwards. You had all this intimidation stuff going on. But after you walked through that fire, no longer that, baby. Uh-uh. I'm not that same person. You're not running over me anymore because I know who my God is and I know who I am in God and He's able to do what I cannot do. Get out of my way. Amen. Get out of my way. Number three, four, would you write this down? Oh, this is a good one. Just nudge your neighbor and say, it's even getting better right now. Right, it's getting better. I don't can't, you can tell I've been through some stuff, can't you? Look at this old bald-headed guy wrinkling up. He's been through some stuff. That's why I can stand up here and tell you that God is real. Because I've been through it, man. I've been through some stuff in my life when everybody else said there's no way. You know, before I became a pastor, I about had a nervous breakdown way, way when I was young. I remember a guy telling me, he said, there ain't no way that you could ever be a pastor. Your nerves won't take it. He was right. 
can't. But in those hours when I thought I was going about, about to have a breakdown, I come to a breakthrough. I found that it wasn't about me anymore. It was all about Him. It wasn't about what I could do. It was about what He could do. And then all of a sudden, when I, when I took that pressure that was put on me, and I said, I put it on His shoulders, then it changed everything. And some of you right now walking through some stuff, and you're trying to do it all by yourself. You're trying to be in control. You're trying to control your families. You're trying to control your job situation. You're trying to control your marriage. And today I'm telling you that you've got to let go and let God. Did I say number four already? Let your godly integrity be your guiding light. So they come out of the fire now, and now the king's got a new attitude. It's amazing when you come out of the fire how the people respect you. <laughs> They'll call you all kinds of names before you go in it. And why are you in it? But you come out, oh boy. Man, i got to move on. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angels and rescued his servants. Now watch this integrity right here. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than to serve or worship any god except their own. That was an integrity decision. See, so you might have missed it. You might, you might have missed it. Here, here's, here it is. You see, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they, they could have been delivered from the fire within their own power. You know how? All they had to do was say, yes, sir, king. Yes, sir. Oh, great. Where's that statue at? Oh, yeah. Yes, sir, king. And they could have looked at each other and said, now, hey, boy, listen, fellas, we just, you know, on the outside, we're going to bow, but God knows on the inside, we're not bowing. Baloney macaroni. We're going we to cross our fingers. Right? We cross our fingers, and we're going to Okay, king, yeah, you the one. Ha, 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 look at that, boys. Ha, ha. They could have done all that, took the easy way out, like we try, right? And no, 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 it was integrity. The name of their God was on the line, and they said, we're going all the way. They had an opportunity to get out of the fire. And I want you to know this, and an opportunity is an opportunity if you have to compromise your integrity. If you have to compromise your integrity, an opportunity is not an opportunity if it's going to cost you your integrity. If you've got to lie to get a better job, you don't need it. If you've got to cheat to get more income, you don't need it. Matter of fact, I found myself praying this prayer. God, don't let any more money come to my way than my integrity can handle. Why? Because I don't, I don't want to lose. Once you lose your integrity, you lose your voice. People don't trust you. They don't, you, you, have no, you, have no, you have no ability to lead anybody else once you lose your integrity. And these boys, it was their integrity was on the line. It was their God that was on the line. And they said, no, we will not compromise our integrity, our character. We will not do that. Listen, your integrity, may, it will not keep you out of the fire, but it will keep you from getting burned. Because you make a stand, that doesn't mean that people are going to leave you alone. No, no, they might even get a little hotter, but I tell you what, at the end of the day, they're going to come and talk to you. Do, do you want to deal with a liar and a cheat and a thief? Do you want, do you want to deal with that person? 
a backbiter you want to deal with? No, no, no. When you stay true to God, your integrity stands shine stands out, and people may make fun of you. They may, they may say you're not going to get the promotion, but at the end of the day, if you just hang in there with God, He comes through. I've never seen integrity fail. Never. It might have got overlooked, but it never failed. It always shown in the end. Look what happens. At the end of the story here, it says this. The king now has got a new verdict he's going to put out. It was, bow, 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 bow to my statue. Worship my God. Now he comes out and says, Therefore I decree that the people of any nation or language who says anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, man, this guy's got an attitude. Watch this. Be cut into pieces and their houses burn, uh, cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubble. For no other God can save in this way. Then the king, what? Promoted. <laughs> Remember, just hours ago, you sorry lowlife, I'll show you. And just a matter of a few minutes, God changed the whole thing, and now they're promoted. The king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the providence of Babylon. This is what I want to say to you. Remember, God brings you through things in order that you may bring people to God. This wasn't about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It was all about God. A whole nation, a whole nation of people, there, there they were standing, a whole nation that was bowing, 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 and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, well, God, where are you? This is about us, this is about us. And God's like, no, 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 you're going to go in the fire, I'm going to meet you in the fire, I'm going to bring you out of the fire, and when I bring you out of the fire, everybody's going to say, your God is God. And that's exactly what they're going to say about you. That's what I found in my life is when I, when I didn't bow, when I stood for God, and when I said, no, I'm going to stand, in the end, it was amazing the people that come and said, your God is God. And that's what your friends are looking for. That's what your family's looking for. They're looking for someone with character and integrity. People are not looking for incredible people. They're looking for credible people in our culture today. That's why I want to challenge you. Next Sunday, we're doing Friends and Family Day here at SEC. You have, a, you have a card on the front of your program, but I want you to do a favor with, with me. I want to do, I've taken this challenge, our staff is doing it. I want you to invite three people to come with you next week as we start this brand new series called Happy Habits. And I want you to check the box and say you will because I want to pray for you and those people that you're inviting to come that God, they can see that your God is God. The last verse that I want to share with you on your outline is Matthew 5.16. This is our memory verse this week. And it says this. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. In other words, he's saying, in my life, Lord, be lifted up. In my life, be lifted up. Is that your prayer today? Is that God... In my life, somehow, Lord, let my life resemble you. And when it does, people are going to see you and their lives are going to get better. Would you stand with me this morning? I'd like to pray with you. Wow, I think I'm the only excited person in the room. Am I the only one? 
Amen. Well, we're going to sing this song with a little bit of authority and attitude today. I'm gonna, when I conclude this prayer, our altars will be open. If you want to talk to God about something good or something that's going on, it doesn't matter. You can come and pray. But if you're not, I want you to sing this song with all your heart. Let me pray. Hey, Father, we love you today, and we thank you so much that you're a good God and that you're at work in our lives, and we can trust you. And God, even though we're walking through a fire on our jobs or in our marriage or in our family or with a neighbor, oh God, our coworker, God, you are with us all the way. And Lord, even if it's financially, you will help us out of it, oh God. You're in the middle of it with us, and you're going to bring us through. And when we come through, everybody's going to say that your God is the God. Lord, we lift you up today and we say be lifted up in our lives. Be lifted up, be lifted up, be lifted up in our lives, oh God, higher and higher. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Our altars are open. Thank you again so much for joining us online at SCC. I would love to know that you're out there listening and be able to connect with you. If you would, email me at jeffdawes at sccview.net. The spelling of my name is J-E-F-F-D-A-W-S. I pray you have a blessed week and join us again soon.